Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is anybody thankful for that victory today? Come on, does anybody want to just declare Jesus over your life, over your family? Come on, hallelujah. Jesus, I speak victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. As you're returning to your seats, would you open your Bibles with me? I'm going to take us to the book of Psalms, the 95th Psalm. We're going to look there first and then jump back into 1 Chronicles for a moment. <clears throat> Welcome to all of you that are here. Thank you for being a part of the Church of Omaha today and worshiping with us and if this is your second or third time, we're glad you're back again. Thank you for uh, returning. And those of you joining us online, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you uh, tuning in and watching. And uh, We know some are traveling, and we're praying for you and wish you a Merry Christmas in Jesus' name. Psalm 95, verse 1 says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Verse 6, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. I'd like to also read from 1 Chronicles 29, 10 through 12. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. And it says, Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion people are made great and given strength. With the help of the Lord, I want to preach on this subject for just the next few moments, and that is, O come, let us adore him. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, you are the living word, and I ask now that you make my tongue the pen of a ready writer, that you would speak both your logos and your rima, through me to your church, that you would open our understanding, that we might comprehend the scriptures, that you would write your word upon our hearts, God. I pray, Jesus, that every thought would be brought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ, every uh, hindrance uh, rebuked and cast out, and we pray it all in the name of Jesus. And if you, say, if you agree with that, would you say amen? amen? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. What is the right response to Christmas? What should characterize the way we observe this holiday? Should we emphasize peace on earth, goodwill toward men like we sang in the first song? Should we celebrate the spirit of giving, joy and gladness, be thankful with kindness to our fellow man? Of course, yes, all of the above. However, these are inadequate responses to the birth of Jesus Christ unless they are done out of a desire to worship God. In other words, unless they are the byproducts of worship. I believe we can celebrate the true meaning of what this holiday is supposed to represent. One that is full of true joy based on choice rather than chance. One that is filled with gladness because you, not because you get what you wish for under a tree, but because you've learned the true meaning of giving 
I remember when our kids uh, both started working and earning their own income and Christmas came and instead of dad or mom giving them money to buy us presents for us, they were able to use their own money. Yes, hallelujah. And it was just an interesting thing, but I also was intrigued by the fact that they recognized the value of that gift and, and the certain joy that came with this was their hard-earned money to buy something for someone else. I also remember the year that my wife in Brooklyn made cookies and then Braxton and I delivered them down to the homeless shelter. And again, just learning the value of giving to others. But how does this all begin? It begins with realizing the true significance of Jesus' birth. Now, this is not a message to argue whether or not Jesus was born on December 25th or some other time. This is not uh, meant to, to you know, argue whether or not this is a pagan ritual or not. This is meant to say that regardless of what we think on those things, the world does celebrate the birth of Christ at this time. And what an opportunity it is for us to also share with the world that we know the truth of that birth and what it means. Amen? Praise God. You see, it goes beyond the decorations and the lights and the familiar elements of what Christmas has become. It, it's seeing the heart of Christmas as a celebration of the incarnation, God with us. Whether it was December 25th or sometime in September or some other time, the fact is there are about 400 prophecies that said he would come and we know he did. Amen. And when you see that truth, the only real response then becomes worship. So what is then the missing element at Christmas? I submit to you it's worship. You see, Christmas has become lists and shopping and cooking and decorating and preparing and celebrating and so on and so forth. But do we really pause to worship God? Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with shopping, decorating, cooking, uh, lights, preparing, celebrating, all of that. In fact, the Bible does tell us to fellowship one with another. And friends and family are a part of what is beautiful and biblical about the family of God. But apart from worship, they're just common responses to an event that's become commercialized. But if worship is the heart then the reality of the incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us, stays at the center. You see, our first priority for celebrating Christmas should be worship. And then everything else that we do, an outflow of that. And I'm not just referring to some religious activity or duty. Because ritualized worship is an oxymoron. You really can't worship outside of a relationship. I'm not referring to going to church and quoting a memorized prayer or having a candlelight vigil or something. The true worship that I'm speaking of is this. First, understanding God is with us. If it, if it means anything else, it means God is with us. And secondly, it's defending the truth. And not being swept away by the hustle and bustle of a commercialized celebration. We know that praise and worship are cousins in the Bible. And they have distinct difference. That's why I say they're cousins. You see, praise can be limited to and for performance. I can say to Joey, that's a 
nice sweater you're wearing. That's praise. That's a compliment. Right? But I'm not going to go ask him to give me that sweater when he takes it off later today and, you know, memorialize it and put it on an altar somewhere and bow down before it three times a day either. That's worship. You see the difference? See, praise can be for performance, but worship is for who God is. Praise can also be characterized by actions. It's often limited to time and places. It can be the clapping of the hands and raising hands and leaping and dancing and playing musical instruments. But, but worship is characterized by Romans 12.1 where we're a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. In fact, there are nine words in the Bible that are, are words for praise. And they constitute 427 times. But the word worship is... 562 times and it's in the three English words bow, kneel and the phrase to lay prostrate in other words worship is used 135 times more than the other nine words for praise combined so this worship as a lifestyle this bowing before God kneeling before God is not just something I do at church it's, it's an action that becomes a part of who I am daily is why I read Psalm 95 6 oh come let us worship and bow down let us kneel before the Lord our maker so how do we worship then around such a holiday as this I'm glad you asked it's a great question Luke chapter 2 In verse 15, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and it, as it was told unto them. So three things I want to point out to you about how that the shepherds worshipped. And here it is. The first thing was they came with haste. Once they got the word from God, once the angelic uh, host declared that he was born in a manger, born in Bethlehem, they came with haste. Haste. That word haste means urgent or to desire earnestly. So I have a question, a few of them this morning. Do we serve God with haste, with that sense of urgency, with that desire that I earnestly love Him and want Him? Do we come to church and become the church with haste? Do we connect, grow, serve, lead with haste? Do we pray with haste? Do we read and study our Bible with haste? Haste. In other words, are we earnestly desiring God? Are we taking the word of the Lord as the shepherds did and saying, God, I I, I want to study this. I want to dig into this. I want to believe it. I want to make haste to know it. Amen. That's that's one way we worship. It's, It's loving God and his word because he is the word. Amen. The second thing they did, notice this, verse 17, and when they had seen it, They made known abroad the saying. In other words, they had to tell somebody. They couldn't just keep it to themselves. Another way of worshiping around this holiday is sharing your testimony with others. Sharing the testimony of Jesus. Listen, this book, this Bible is not just a how-to guide. It is the everything in it points to Jesus Christ. We have to understand that there's life in this book. There is hope in this book amen and it's not just another book praise God 
And so sharing with others and making known the good news. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm not ashamed to be a disciple maker. I'm not ashamed of God. Amen. Just this week, a brother told me that when he went to get his hair cut, uh, began witnessing to two different uh, people in the uh, establishment where he was and had about a 30-minute Bible study. They were, had questions about the end times and began to have a Bible study with them right there while they're cutting his hair. And one of them is crying and God is ministering to them. Uh, and so on and on. I'm hearing stories like that all the time. People at work talking to people and coworkers and, 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 and clients and whatnot. And God is, that's what I'm talking about, sharing this with others, taking this out and sharing with others who he is. I'm not ashamed of this church. Therefore, I don't mind sharing the good news online and telling people, hey, come and see what God's doing. You hear it a lot of times. Trevor will say, I'm a social media evangelist. I, I, I want to tell you and ask Donnie, and he'll, he'll verify it. All of that algorithm stuff of us sharing the good news and tagging TCOO is putting our church name out there. People are finding it online. People are seeing it online. And that means they're hearing hope, and they're hearing that there's a message that will save them. Amen? And then the third thing they did, verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying God. Excuse me, glorifying and praising God. You know, there's times that I wish Sunday would never end. And I'm sure the shepherds might have wished, oh, wish this moment would never end. They were basking in the beauty of that moment. But when they, when they went back, they went back praising and glorifying God. And that's what we need to do. We need to, when we leave, it, it, church doesn't end. The service may end, but remember, it might be dismissed, but we're deployed. <laughs> we're deployed to go praise Him. We're deployed to go share with Him. If we go out to eat today, we're sharing with people at the restaurant. If, if we get you know, gasoline, we're talking to somebody. If we get groceries, we're sharing with somebody. What has God done for you? What has he, has he saved you? Has he healed you? Has he blessed you? What have you seen and heard? What has been preached and taught through his word that has affected your life? <clears throat> Amen? It's sharing those things with others. You have something to glorify and praise God for. Do you believe that? Amen. What is the best gift at Christmas? Well, 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. I'm thankful for the fact that he came to this earth and became flesh. So I would say the greatest gift is God with us. So what will you do with this gift? Hebrews 2 verse 3 says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? He's talking about those that, that didn't love it in the Old Testament. What? We're not going to escape either if we don't uh, love it and, and if we neglect it. So what are we going to do with this gift? How are we going to use it to share with others? You know, as, as I thought about this, I thought about gifts throughout my lifetime. I remember Christmas 1978. It's a long time ago. And I really wanted a, a yellow tractor trailer. It was, it was this truck thing I'd seen at the store. And I really wanted it. But I don't remember telling anybody about it. Now, maybe I did. I don't remember. But maybe... You know, Papa Bill just saw me looking at it and knew that I wanted it. You know, of course, he was a smart man. Um, but I remember Christmas Day, after everything was open, that gift wasn't there. And it was over, and 
okay, I didn't get it, but, you know, no big deal. There really isn't a Santa Claus anyway. Sorry, kids, you know. Um, but <laughs> anyways, so I was like, what am I going to do, you know? And then Papa Bill went out on the porch, and he wheeled that thing in. I'm like, how did he know? I played with that thing. I rode that thing. I'm telling you, it, it, I wore it out playing with that thing um, and probably became too big to play with it one day. And it probably got sold in a garage sale or something. But, you know, it, 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 I remember that. I remember Christmas 1979 when I awoke and found an entire Lego city built on the table. And I played with those for years, donated them to some families. Remember Christmas 1985 when a Bible was given to me? I wore it out. I preached from it wrote notes in it, and now my son has it. It's an heirloom. He has to keep it in a, in a case because otherwise it falls apart. And, and the point of this brief history is, is to express to you that those are gifts that I have loved and appreciated, but uh, other than the Bible, those gifts are no longer in my possession. Uh, and, and really the Bible is not even in my possession anymore. It's in my son's possession, uh, and it has to be kept you know, in a case. Otherwise, it, it could fall apart. But the gift of God is eternal life. It doesn't wear out. It doesn't go out of style. It, it doesn't lose its value. It, it, it's, it's literally the gift that keeps on giving. It's not just a one-time thing. Amen. Are you thankful for that? In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. That gift from God is eternal. So what will you do with God with us? Will you be like the shepherds, making haste to serve him, sharing the good news with others, returning to life, rejoicing? You see, I say we be like the shepherds. Let's make haste to find Jesus. Let's share the good news with others and glorify God. It's the right way to approach Christmas. Amen? You know that song, What Child Is This? You ever heard that song? Anybody? Christmas song, What Child Is This? Some say Jesus was just a good teacher, but... Good teachers don't claim to be God. Some say he was merely a good example, but good examples don't mingle with prostitutes and sinners. Some say he was a madman, but madmen don't speak the way Jesus spoke. Some say he was a crazed fanatic, but crazed fanatics don't attract the array of followers that Jesus did. Some say he was only a phantom, but phantoms can't give their flesh and blood to be crucified. Some say he was a religious phony, but religious phonies don't rise from the dead. Some say he was a myth, but myths don't set the calendar for history. And of all the attributes and all of the names and all the characteristics of God that we could amass and find and discover and preach on and teach about and appreciate and love, we know obviously Jesus is that highest name. The fact is we can just simply say God is... Amen. Are you thankful God exists and that God is with us? Praise the Lord. His hope and His life is everlasting. This world will come to an end. This life will come to an end. But eternal life is our hope in Jesus Christ. So 
Let's worship like the shepherds. Now, I have one last question I want to pose here to you, and that is, why did Jesus first appear to the shepherds? You know, maybe it was because he's the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, possibly. But here's something you may have not known. The, the, the manger that Jesus was laid in was made of stone. I have a picture of one. I saw one when I was in Israel. I meant to send it to the media team. Didn't get a chance to do that. I'll send it to you after if you want to see it. I'll post it online, whatever. But it was more of, of, of a stone um, piece that, that had a beveled out edge inside. And that was the manger. And, of course, they would put, you know, blankets and things down inside of it to make it softer. Um, but the reason for that is that manger served a purpose. It, it could serve as a trough. They could put water in it or food. But um, they would clean it out, and they would put lambs in there. But only they would only put lambs in there that were spotless and without blemish. And they would only do that by also swaddling them in, in clothes that would help further protect them. So only these perfect lambs without spot or blemish would be wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in this manger because it was those lambs that would be used for the sacrifice of the sins of the people, which also lets us know these shepherds were not just any shepherds, but were Levitical shepherds. They were tasked for uh, raising sheep for the purpose of sacrifice. So when the angel says in Luke 2 verse 12, this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. They knew the significance. You see, we've lost something in our history, and no offense to our drama. Alicia does a great job and her team every year, but it wasn't this wooden-looking crate thing with hay inside of it. That wasn't the manger. It was a stone. Isn't it interesting that the rock <laughs> was laid in a stone? Yeah, that's just another, maybe somebody else, Trevor, somebody can preach that sometime. But, but, the, but also the fact that only those lambs reserved for sacrifice. This would, that's why the angel said this is a sign to you. They would have known the significance. They, they probably looked at one another and said, wait a minute. Is this who the prophets have talked about? So no wonder they came with haste. No wonder they wanted to get there and worship him. Amen. They were going to worship the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? You know, listening to a Christmas album the other day. By the way, I have 494 songs now in my playlist of Christmas songs. 27 hours worth of Christmas songs in that play. If anybody wants me, I'll share it with you. you know, it's, uh, but I was, scroll, it was scrolling through, and, and this uh, song comes on, and I'm like, that don't sound like a Christmas song. But then I realized, you know what? It is because of who he is. Song says, Oh Lord my God. When I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars 
I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. When Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation, and lead me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration, and then proclaim, my God, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how If you believe he's great, would you stand to your feet? Praise team, would you come? Come on, can we lift him up and praise him? If you believe he's worthy, can you come and adore him for a moment? Can we let him know how much we appreciate him for a moment? Oh, come on, let's put an encore on that and just let Jesus know how awesome he is. Hallelujah. I want you to enjoy. I love family time, and I'm looking forward. My daughter is here, and pray for her. She's, she's heading back Wednesday to go see her boyfriend. God bless Colin. Hallelujah. And then bring him back Monday. Looking forward to them coming back. My son and uh, his wife are going to be here Thursday night, and looking forward to some time, family time together. But, uh, you know, so whatever you've got planned, I, I hope you have a great and wonderful time. But let's remember to put Jesus as the center of all that we do. The family time that we have. Let's have Jesus the center of that. What do you say? You know, the food that we're going to eat. The, let's keep Jesus the center of that. The, the traditions you have. And One of the things we started years ago is we always read the Christmas story before we open all our presents. And it's just a time for us to remember, Lord, it's, it's all about you. It's, it's thanking you for who you are. So whatever your traditions are, just keep Jesus the center. Tell somebody about who he is. Share with others who he is. Let's be like the shepherds. Let's make haste to find him. Let's glorify him. Let's let him know how much he means to us. In Jesus' name.